Good morning. Hey guys. Well, hello everyone. We are back with Vibrant Vernacular. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Azalea. And it's Shawan. And Pashas. So today we're going to just slow it down a little bit for you guys and allow you to get to know us um, a little bit better. And we thought we'd do that by doing... Um, a segment on letters to our younger self. Um, so now that we're a little bit older, have experience under our belt, um, just looking back, and we don't have to do like a lot, ladies, maybe like your top three things that we could think that we would tell our younger selves just to kind of prepare us for the future or just things you may have wanted to do differently. Like, hey, hold up, girl. Don't mm-hmm. even go that route because you already know it's about to go down. <laughs> so, hello. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anybody want to jump in? I have like a few, but you said um, we're doing our top three. What? Say that again. The top just three. thing. Anything that you would want to tell yourself that you feel like the top three things that are most important, whether it's from experience where you're trying to avoid, you know, going down the same path. Or just any, like, words of wisdom, or like we always say, food for thought, that you could tell your younger self. Mm-hmm. That either your decision-making skills are a little bit better, or um, just making you a more well-rounded person. Mm. You want to go first, Pashis, or me? Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I can go. Okay. So, <clears throat> I would say... I've done this project before and it's so funny because now that I'm 40, I'm still trying to figure it out, which is so funny because I actually literally did this before, (laughs) but I would say a lot of the stuff that I would tell myself would be stuff that I tell my daughter now, Mm -hmm. you know, one big thing is just be resilient, you know, don't allow situations, circumstances, or what you visually see um, stop you from wanting and doing, you know? So, like, I know I had a conversation with Shawan yesterday, I think, and we were talking about how limited it is or you feel when you can't see things happening Mm -hmm. in a sense of progress, you know? So, I have so many goals and things that I want to accomplish and I feel like I'm putting in the work, but I don't see it. So like be resilient and be disciplined and know that regardless of how you see your circumstance now, things are unfolding. The universe is conspiring to help you, but you just have to be patient. And so I would say patient would be the third thing if we're just doing three. Um, Be patient with the process and know your worth. You know, know your worth. That's a big thing for me. I'm learning that. And in in 40, it's become a theme for me is to know my worth and know how important I am, not just to my family, but to myself, because I feel like I don't value myself personally sometimes in some decisions. Yes, girl. Amen. I felt that like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I exactly. felt every word of that. And it's like, I think, yeah, we I had so many meaningful conversations yesterday. And 
one of the things that like Pasha, she said like a mouthful, a earful, like a heartful just now. And um <laughs> I was also thinking how way back when me and Pasha started like blogging and all this stuff, we were always like a soundtrack to our life. You know, like we we just talked about having oh. a soundtrack to our life. So when you said patience, that made me think like one of my favorite songs is it's a song called Patience by Damian Marley and Nas. And it's like, mm. that song is like, gives you life. Like if you, you're like, damn, you know, like, oh, like, what are we doing? Like, you know, what are we doing here? You know, so if we could just have patience with the process, patience with ourselves, patience with everything, like that is so key. And um, my my top three, like number one, based on our conversation yesterday, I talked about my mom, you know, like my mom's name is Nisi. Like we call her Nisi. So I'm like, what would Nisi do? Like if she mm. was pandemic right now, what would Nisi be doing? You know, and I just like, she would be living her damn life. You know, like <laughs> I posted some pictures recently. They're old pictures, but... It was like, okay, I need to start playing with my hair again. You know, my clothes, even if we ain't going nowhere, I still want to dress up, you know, like <laughs> yes. I would just say, live your life, like be you, like don't, don't dim your light for somebody else. Like just be determined to make it like keep going. I was writing while Pashas was talking and it's just keep going. You know, I think that's a, a really big thing. Um, I had recently bought a book for me and somebody at my job. We were talking about like this girls group thing as social workers, what we were going to do. And I wrote in the book is so many activities, like you're doing the work, but you can also use this book to work with like girls. You know, it's called the name of the book is the state of black girls. And it's it's go-to guide for creating safe spaces for black girls. So it was written by, yeah, it was written by a licensed clinical social worker, but it's activities like and I was like, how can I do this with the, the kids if I don't do it myself first? You know, mm-hmm. so I opened it up like just as we started recording just now. And it was like completing this assignment made me feel childish. <laughs> it made me feel childlike as though I was in my beginning phase as a black girl, but it was in a good way. Like, um, and the number one thing, the activity I did is called like black girls matter. Like, why do black girls matter? Like, that's a, you got to figure that out. Why am I here? You know, some people are like, mm-hmm. important, you know, so some of the things I put, we are trendsetters. We are the strongest. <laughs> we are being imitated too much. Like this falls in line with some of the things we've been talking about, you know, mm-hmm. with the and stuff. But basically my, my, ending point was like be you you know yes you and um my last thing I know I probably said more than three but I put talk to somebody you know like and being in the mental health field it's like I know what it's like to to feel like you're alone to feel like you don't have somebody to talk to or you know even if some people are thinking about harming themselves or anything like that talk to somebody I think that's what I would say you know from a younger standpoint or if I had known then what I know now, you know, just not keeping so many things a secret and hiding and feeling mm-hmm. like people are going to look at me crazy, like talk to somebody no matter what. So those are my what, top 10, top five. Yeah. <laughs> she said top 10, top five. <laughs> so I, 
week. I feel like all of us are connected and we all met for some reason because literally we all have the same list. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so one of mine, I'd say the first thing that um, I would tell my younger self is just be comfortable in your own skin. Oh, I love that. I know yeah. back in the day, which I kind of still am now, um, I was very shy. And when I look back, I think it's because I just wasn't comfortable with me and I don't know where that came from it's not like my family made me feel uncomfortable it's not like I had an uncomfortable experience but I just wasn't comfortable with myself and to be honest it wasn't until probably like high school going into college where you kind of get a sort of independence and you kind of have to figure yourself out Mm -hmm. where you kind of end up saying you know hey this is me I'm learning me and I'm still doing that now Mm. but I think if I could tell myself that a little bit earlier I would appreciate myself more and it might have allowed me to try things outside the box that I didn't think of um, sooner. Um, Another thing that I thought of would be just save and invest. I didn't understand like money or the importance of it. Mm -hmm. And when my mom passed, she left us a little bit of money, but being like what 18 and 21 young and dumb to make it rain and buy everyone rounds of shots in the club (laughs) versus buying property or like putting it into some type of investment vehicle that you couldn't access quickly Mm -hmm, that but you know you can get a cd you can get like a savings account you can get to that money if need be Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, I don't blame anybody for that because that kind of goes through being around people who know that. And if they mm-hmm. don't, yes. I mean, you're not going to know that either. So that would be one of the things that, um, you know, I might be able to make it rain a little bit more now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I agree with those. And then if I had to wrap it up, I would just say spend more time with my mom. Mm. yeah since I was young it was just the importance of going out hanging out with my friends and I thought that was you know the life that's what you were supposed to do versus just kind of sitting down having dinner talking with her coming up with something to do on the weekend um one thing she used to argue about because it was new year's and you know when you come back from college you kind of want to see everybody if everybody's gone away so new year's like christmas break that's when everyone's back home so it used to be like little get togethers and stuff and her thing, she was like, you did not go anywhere on New Year's. You bring it in with your family, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Drivers. And I was like, I just don't understand. Like I'm literally going to someone's house. So like she finally, I think it was my last year or whatnot. Um, she let me go over like a friend's house for New Year's and then come back um, later that day uh, or later that night. And, like, what pisses me off is, like, that ended up being the year that she passed away. Mm. So I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. Like, she had a point. Um, but, again, just spending more time and, like, making memories um, with my mom that I could share with my son. Not that it would have, you know, made her stay longer because that's out of my control. But Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I thank you for sharing that story. That reminds me, me of something. Like, my, my mom... Um, it, it seems like every year when my brother was younger, every year on Christmas, my brother would be admitted into the hospital with asthma. 
So she got to the point where she was like, if you want to do something, do it now. She was like, don't wait, because every year she tried to wait till Christmas Day to give him his freaking gifts. He was in the hospital. It's too sick to even play with the gift, you know, and she was like, if you want to do something, do it now. Like, don't wait, you know, and that has always stuck with me. Like, you know, I have a my tattoo says Carpe Diem, which is like Latin for seize the day. So it's like. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to do, you better do it right then. Like my mom okay. always says, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. So yeah, I would say, yeah, don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Stop putting things off. You know, it's That's... so funny because our our bond is that we all lost our moms, you know, so which is yeah. crazy mm-hmm. to me um, that we all met yeah. and we all have that similar experience. But I spent a lot of time with my mom and that's the funny thing. I would say I spent every because I was an introvert. So I wasn't the person that was going out. So we spent every weekend with our mom. So (laughs) me and TP would text each other like, what you doing? And she's like, nah, I'm just going to go to mom's house. And that's where we are. You know, like that was our social hour. So we spent a lot of time with her, but I would say it wasn't necessarily that productive. You know what I'm saying? We would just be sitting in a house and just, just being in her presence. That was enough for so us. Cool. But um, like pictures, like I wish I would have took more pictures with her. I wish I would have mm-hmm. like did more things she wanted to do. Like she would always say, let's go to upscales. And I'm like, mom, I'm too young for freaking upscale. Mm-hmm. And I just <laughs> wouldn't go. You know what I'm saying? Like little stuff like that. I wish I would have done. Because it meant mm-hmm. something to her, regardless if I wanted to do mm-hmm. it or not. And I agree with you, Azalea. It's not like it would have possibly prolonged her life, but it could have <laughs> meant something more, you know. And we all lost our yeah. moms young. Like I was thirty. Yeah. I was going on thirty now. So the funny thing I was about, thirteen. I know. And the weird thing <laughs> about that yeah, is yeah. we did get money from her life insurance, just like you, Azalea. And we did buy a business with it. You know, we didn't stick with it, but it would have been nice to have someone to teach us about investments or, you know, other means of, mm-hmm. of making that money last, you know, in her memory. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that's kind of saddening <laughs> to think about. But we were talking about that yesterday too, me and Shawan. And we were just talking yeah. about how, I told her that I want to talk to my dad about getting my mom's ashes because I feel like I need to Mm -hmm. talk to her. Uh, Yeah. And just to pick up right there, I was like, I don't think that's a weird or crazy idea. I think you, when you mentioned it, you just kept saying like, I know you might not think this is something. I was like, well, no, like you don't know what I've been doing over here. You know, (laughs) in the time, since my mom has died, one of the things that I shared with um, Pash is, is my mother died in 1994 and um, I moved back to Virginia in what, 2000, no, 2012. I moved back and it was within the last six years that I've been able to approach her grave, you know, like uh, somebody was like, well, you know, she ain't there. You know, her body, da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, that was the last place I left her. You know what I'm saying? So it was symbolic to me to go back there because mm-hmm. my brother told me every time he goes back to Virginia, 
he went to he goes to my mother's grave. He talked to her about my graduating from college every time a child was born. Um, mm-hmm. Every little thing he said, he told my mom, like he went to her gravesite and talked to her. And when I, I got so fed up with life, with everything one day, and I drove there to her gravesite and I just wept. Like I sobbed, I cried, I talked. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, um, you are a single mom. You made it look easy. Like, what do Mm -hmm. I do in this moment? You know, and I feel that she hurt me. I feel that she, you know, the number one thing that I, I even talked about today since we've been talking is determination like that was her thing you got to keep going you know like (laughs) you got to think of something you got to find figure this out like failure is not an option that's what I tell my kids now failure is not an option so whatever you need to do to get closer to your mom to your roots to your spirituality whatever you want to call it I say do it you know and don't apologize for it. Don't don't even think that it's crazy because it helps, you know, like there's some stuff that medicine can't cure. You know, there's some, mm-hmm. you know, for your soul to be all right. You just got to do it and do it your way. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think that's weird at all because I, I go to my mom's grave quite often. I try. Well, I won't seem like a creep. I ain't hanging out there, <laughs> but um, I at least try to go seasonal. Because I change her flowers for the season. Um, And I think it's like very therapeutic. One, it's a peaceful place. Ain't nobody going to talk to you. Hello. (laughs) Two, (laughs) it is, like you said, Shawan, just kind of personal. Like just because she's not answering you back, you you can still feel a response, if that makes sense. Yes. If you're kind of in tune. I mean, which you are. I mean, that's your mom. Just because she's not here in the physical doesn't mean that relationship and that connection are gone. But you do feel a sense of, you know, response to what you're telling her. Um, it makes you feel like you're not alone. I do the same thing your brother does. Like, I go out there and tell her about Aiden's crazy self. And I've brought him before to explain it. Wow. Um, one time, I'm not even going to front. I had such a good time one time going to the cemetery. Like, <laughs> me and my sister reminisced, and we literally laughed and cried in the tears. It was so funny. <laughs> and it was just talking about stupid stuff, but that was one of the best visits that we had. And it was funny because we, before we leave, we always pray um, oh. over her grave, and we could not get through the prayer. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. We were laughing so hard so we were just like peace mom um but I don't know it's one of those it is therapeutic so whether it's you know ashes going to visit the grave or however anyone feels um to get connected it helps it's not strange at all like that was a person that brought you here so there's definitely a connection before you know the physical form anyway and that doesn't go away it's crazy Yeah, I wanted to add one more thing. Like I had a client in Virginia that, um, you know, she kept her mom's memory alive. I think her mom died when she was about 16. And when I worked with her, she was 40. You know, she was older than me. But every year, like the last time I worked with her, um, she was like a success story. One of the people who took my advice, who just progressed to the point where she did not need services anymore. But one of the things she did to heal from her mom's death 
every year on her mom's birthday, Patches, I know you you guys have been big about celebrating this, but she would she got this thing made like a canvas, you know, with her mom's uh-huh. picture, one of her mom's best pictures. And she blew it up, you know, and she she did like something in her living room where it was like her mom's picture. She went and got a real pretty cake made. Like it was like, we honor you, lady. Like this is your day. We love you. We miss you, you know, and it was just like. I'm standing there in tears, like I'm supposed to be helping you through a process and you just give me <laughs> ideas, you know, but it was so beautiful. She was like, every day she did this, you know, I mean, every, you know, year on her mom's birthday, she, it was like a little party, yeah. you know, she definitely to cook anyway. So she cooked, but it was just like, we acknowledged that this day, you know, and it was, I think that's such a great idea that you guys have been doing that, you know, and yeah. I think you should definitely continue. Like you're definitely on the right track. We definitely mm-hmm. continue. And it's so funny because plan it like it's really a party. Okay, so <laughs> what day are we gonna do it this year? We're we gonna do it on Sunday. Or... You know what I'm saying it's so funny. Who's cooking? Who's bringing this? And it's weird because we have uh, one of my sister's friends had did a video. Uh, like uh, when my mom passed, she did like a video and she put like all of these pictures in a song. And to this day, I do not until her birthday. <laughs> because every year we look at it, it's like immediately we're balling, like balling, like cry, like we at her funeral right then. Like, and it's so crazy how mm-hmm. things like that make you feel like it happened yesterday. That's how your brain works. Mm-hmm. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. So, like, we try not to focus on her death, per se. We try to focus on her life, on her birthday. But it's just so weird how you can be transformed back just at the snap of a dime. Of a finger, rather. Um, You can be transformed back yeah. to that moment. You know how it felt. And it's just so weird. And I get that. I get that. And it's to the point where, like I said, my mother died in 94. I couldn't bring myself to do any of this until after 2012. Like I'll say well over into 2013, you know. Um, So I say give yourself time. You know, one thing for me, I couldn't look at pictures. I could I didn't have any pictures up, you know, nothing to scroll through. It was just based on my memories, like my thoughts you know that helped me too to not have those constant physical reminders so but I do say if you get the ashes I would create a space you know yeah. where there's like flowers and mm-hmm. one thing that I'm so big on out there I don't know if I shared this with you before but like every after a holiday you know there's a clearance section and they have these lights you know I had got some at Christmas time they're beautiful like they were gold like they didn't look like Christmas lights it was like a little some of them had stars on them. Some of them had like a little ball of wire, but it was like cute. So the, the lights can be like a dollar. So if you set up some space within your house where the ashes will be with like flowers and yeah. you know something where it's like, somber, mm-hmm. like oh, you know, but it's like really a cool space. Like if you go there, it's like maybe a space where you can even meditate or something, you know, like yeah. just. I would think about that, you know, just make creating a really nice area. Like I went to these 
people's house and um, they had like a sheer curtain and the lights were behind the curtain. Like I got some from St. Patrick's Day, but you won't know it if it's behind a curtain or a scarf, <laughs> like a, you know, a sheer scarf or something like you can just make it so pretty and so simple at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I look at Coco, but and yeah, that was my idea about it. And then I was, I looked at um, this lady, she does a podcast and on her podcast, she was talking about um, communicating with your ancestors and creating an altar for them. And okay, and I've been like you, Shawan. Like it was very hard for me to even look at pictures of my mom. Like it took it took a long time for me to even. I didn't have any pictures up in my house, like at all. Like whenever I saw her picture, I'm like yeah. ball of life. So like it took it took time and like slowly but surely I'm weaning my way in that direction and uh, Azalea mm-hmm. is totally different because she posted her mom on Instagram and and I'm just like so envious <laughs> in all of that because I mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I'm yet. not no. completely <laughs> there yet. Let me see that takes time. So, yeah, yeah. It's just everybody deals with it differently, I guess. And it's crazy how we turn. A letter to our younger self to us <laughs> talking about our moms. I just feel like that's where we were stuck. Yeah. I feel like yeah, that's where I feel, we were stuck. Yeah. Like I said, I felt like a child all over again. I think it was important to throw that part in because our younger self, I was I'm stuck at 13 sometimes. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. that was the, the most traumatic thing. Like my younger self is like, ooh, girl, if I had known then what I know now, like, yeah, things would have definitely been different. So, yeah, like, I think it wasn't necessary to pick up where we left off, so to yeah. speak, like, that a part of those days, you know, so to literally pick up right there. I think it, it's healing. This is so, such a, yeah. Yeah, I've been crying and laughing at the same time since we've been I on this podcast. So. Too. I'm sitting here wiping my dag on. Oh, nah, I kept nah, the tears back. Wiping foundation off Dog my face, girl. My, my, oh, I, you know, my daughter did my makeup yesterday, so I could take that one little picture. Isn't that funny? Um, but uh, <laughs> so Dedication. I told her I was not washing my face, so I'm still looking beat as a mug. This daughter. drooling down my dang old face rolling down my face trying to get myself together get my life but it is it's very um therapeutic to have people who have that common thread to talk to because how as they handles things like I said I'm like so in awe of that and I'm I want to soak that in you know what I'm saying so it's just kind of like it's very good to have people that share that situation which is not good <laughs> that that's a common thread but you know overall, overall it just makes you feel better you know to, to have a support group I think one of the things too that's easier for me like since we're talking about healing and like Shawan said she would tell her um younger self is to just ask for help so it just got to a point where I was like overwhelmed and I sought therapy like relatively quickly after that so my mom passed in 05 I probably would say maybe it's not that quick but I started therapy probably like 08 and it was just hard like I felt like my mom was my decision Uh maker Mm. and I was having a tough time making decisions 
And ever since she wasn't here, when I tell y'all the decisions I was making was going One, left, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like far left, I was like, okay, you know, what is going on? And it just took, you know, a few exercises, me actually letting stuff out. Um, I'm not, well, I'm a crier in silence. So like mm-hmm. to do that in front of somebody, like, I don't know, it was something mm. different. And then kind of talking to someone that didn't know, you know, me, I'm coming in just unbiased opinion. I felt like the exercises and things worked and it was something that I could, you know, honestly take and use to kind of get through this point because I didn't want to get stuck because I was like, I'm too young. You start thinking crazy stuff. I was like, I don't want to be depressed. I don't (laughs) want people to identify me this way. And at that time, that hadn't happened to nobody. So I mm. kind of felt like the, what is it? I don't know. Not the I poster child. Post- yeah, I know what you're saying. Like the first. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't want to be the outcast. And then every time someone see me, they're like, are you okay? Yeah. Like anything I can do for you? Like, no, I'm still a person. Like everything's <laughs> fine. But I don't know. That was just tough. Cause I was like, I don't have nobody to relate to. This hasn't happened to anybody not to be nasty. I was like, why? It ain't oh, I felt the same else. way. We oh. talked about that yesterday too. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? But I say all of that because it it's not like I was just comfortable and I was like, oh, let me go get the, go down memory lane. That took time. It still takes time. Um, like you said, things you look at, things you do can take you right back to the age when you lost her. Lose it. Kinda, you know, Lose all it. over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all over the place and it's like you know it's so funny because even having these conversations like Shawan says she's tearing up I'm tearing up and it's just one of those things where I still feel that pain and I think that's the the tough part Mm -hmm. and just like you as like I haven't sought help because in one hand I don't want to be the person that when you call you're like oh my gosh here goes Pash she wants to talk about her mom you know what I'm saying her mom's <laughs> deaf again oh lord here we go mm-hmm. and then also I, I'm the oldest of the seven so it's like I have to have some sort yeah. of strength to myself in order for them because when she died I think my one of my siblings was like 13 and then the other one was like nine like they were all young young so it was like, oh, God, mm-hmm. here we go. You know what I'm saying? I can't be breaking down in front of them. How's, how are they going to? Mm-hmm. But they've been stoned. Like, you know, because they were yeah. so young, it's kind of a benefit. But it's been like one of those things where I've had to be strong, but cry in silence like you. So like I cry mm-hmm. when I cry. Mm-hmm. Like I'll text TP and be like, the mama got me in here all messed up. And then she'll text me back and me too. She get on my nerves. Like, you know what I'm saying? We make it a joke, but we can relate. We understand. But I'm not going to call her and be like, oh, TP, I'm dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to be one of those things. But I do have my moments and have them often. But, you know, counseling is definitely on my list of things to do. So I do appreciate the fact that you brought that up, Shawan, because we don't seek counseling for things at all like we feel like Mm -hmm. we're the strongest people in the world we can handle everything because that's how the stigma is for us you know what I'm saying yeah I just yeah I think for me um yeah when I was 13 
my family, like that wasn't an option for my family. You know, first of all, I want nobody yeah. paying for it. Then it was just, like, mm-hmm. oh, she'll be all right. You know, and so many different things happened. I think when my second child was born, I was just entering like Florida State um, as a social work student. And I wrote something on my paper. It was like, whatever the question was, we were supposed to answer it and turn it in. And I just went on and on with my answer. I was writing in all caps. I was scribbling. The last thing I wrote was, um, I hate men. And then I underlined <laughs> it and scribbled on the paper and turned it in. And my teacher was like, I need you to go talk to this person right now. Like it was a counselor. You know, she, she literally sent me over there. And I think like I was suffering oh. from postpartum depression. Like I didn't realize it. I didn't know it. I didn't notice it. And um, she kind of helped me through that. I don't know what, you know, going to talk to somebody. I think there are barriers to, you know, when you, I can't tell you which person to choose to talk to, but for me, it was the, the person that I was talking to, I held back on some information because I felt like they couldn't identify, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they I they wouldn't even get it, you know, or they would take what I said and rearrange it or yeah. just make things worse, you know, so I really had to pick and choose the information I shared, but it was enough for me to work through you know, what was the issue at the time, you know, but I say definitely you have to feel comfortable with who you talk Mm -hmm. to or it won't be effective. I'll put it that way. So, but it helped me in terms of that's what I was going to school for. So to be on the other side of that desk, you know, talking to somebody as a, like a client, it, it just put my whole profession like in perspective for me. So I say definitely, whatever, you know, whoever you choose, make sure you feel comfortable with them mm-hmm. and spill your guts. Like you'll feel better. You do. <laughs> well, clearly, <laughs> I don't know. This might have been uh, our mom's letter to us. I think day. so. so you never I know. Think so. I think that was <laughs> awesome, honestly. Me too. Well, <sighs> getting to know us. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There you go. So I guess if you guys want to wrap it up and give any type of food for thought or anything you'd like to say to our audience. Um, I just want to say, like, based on everything we've shared and come up with and thought about, it's like that should show you why it's important to be a mentor, you know, to talk to these kids, even when they're quiet and they don't want to talk to you they got something going on in their little heads, you know, and it's like, we we're thinking back to our younger selves. Like what about the younger people that are all around us? I think that's important to, um, you know, with the quarantine and all this stuff, it's just reevaluate things, talk, put down the technology and literally have conversations with, with the kids because they need these conversations, you know, before they turn exactly. 40. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I guess. I don't know. Food for thought. Probably like Shawan said, I mean, tomorrow's not promised, no pun intended, since we went yeah. um, a whole different direction, but um, <laughs> just kind of seize the moment. I mean, take the time to heal, figure out what you're here for, make memories, um, I don't know. Like Shawan said, look out for the little people so they don't have to go through all these therapy sessions we going through. 
<laughs> well, because I, I think I, it was a meme I had said. I think someone or saw, and someone was saying, "I'm trying to do all the healing and work now so that my children don't have to experience mm. it." Powerful. Mm-hmm. That was kind of yeah. But that's it. Real. My food for thought would be to for our listeners to do this exercise themselves and from it because a lot of times the issues that you had as a child resurface themselves mm-hmm. when you become an adult. Mm-hmm. So take the time to do this exercise and see what you still need to work on. I mean, none of us are perfect people. So it's always going to be things that we need to work on. And that can help us to figure out our dominant negative thought patterns in order to heal ourselves, you know, in the mm-hmm. best way possible. Yeah. Well, per usual, we appreciate you guys listening. Look us up on um, Anchor and how y'all pronounce it? Is it Spotify or Spotify? Spotify. 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 There you uh-huh. go. Type it in, Vibrant Vernacular. Until next time, this is Azalei. And Patches. It's Shawan. Bye. Bye, y'all.